For many Americans, a college education is often the pathway to financial and career success. And while there are many criticisms of higher education in the United States, the knowledge one carries with them can help graduates better help diagnosing problems and develop solutions to overcome these obstacles. However, in the last couple of years, a movement to discredit all forms of academic wisdom and frame colleges across America as communistic grooming factories has developed significant momentum, influencing many young undergraduates to express hostility towards the LGBTQ community and disregard public health measures in the name of liberty. On this special episode, I share with you my experience in attending a Turning Point USA event at my university and assess my interaction with one of the most influential commentators in right-wing politics and the conspiracy theory community, Candace Owens. I am your social chemist Nelson, and today we go over Candace Owens' engagement with the social chemist. One of my favorite joys in learning about conspiracy theories is researching different academic literatures from people like Benjamin Dow, Bradley Wiles, and Joseph Uzinski as well as read books on the topics from authors like Aoife Gallagher and Will Sommer. However, one of my goals since starting this podcast was to engage with an influential conspiracy theorist, to apply everything I've learned about conspiracy theorists and understand their mindset. Fortunately, this week, I finally got the opportunity to do just that. About a month ago, I was scrolling through my Facebook when suddenly I received an ad saying that Turning Point USA and Candace Owens we're going to give a talk at Rutgers University, the school I currently attend. And at first, I thought it was a scam, but I decided to register in case I was wrong. Funny enough, the email went to my um, spam, and which actually reinforced my suspicion. And that was about it. Um, the email didn't include a ticket, and so I thought this really wasn't a real event. Then a month went by, and as the days got closer... Uh, one of my professors who I follow on Facebook made a post warning that Candace Owens was making an appearance at Rutgers University, who was known for spreading false information and propaganda. It was at this point that I knew that Candace Owens was actually coming to Rutgers. Unfortunately, by the time I went back to my spam mailbox, the email had already been deleted. So I tried to re-register, only be told that I couldn't because my number was already in the system. And so I thought, Fuck it. I guess I'm not going. I then decided to DM them on their Rutgers Turning Point USA page, and they told me that the tickets would be sent the day before the event, which honestly felt like a last-minute thing, being that I registered more than a month prior. I eventually get an email from Turning Point with the message informing me that I was invited. However, the email didn't include my name, nor did it include a QR code or a bar to scan. From my perspective, it felt like anyone could just go in so long as they received an email saying, you're invited to see Candace Owens. Then on the day of the event, on her Turning Point USA Rutgers Instagram page, they shared a story informing everyone that they also needed to show proof of a text message confirming their spot. A text message I didn't get at the time. So once again, I thought, well, I guess I'm not going. But I eventually got the text message. And so I decided to head to Rutgers. When I arrived at Rutgers, there was a small counter protest, but other than that, there wasn't any violence, which I'm thankful for. However, the organization of this event was equivalent to the distribution of the tickets for the event. 
no one really knew where the line started. So people were just standing in a blob. And this was confusing for people trying to attend because they really wanted to see Candace Owens. Then there was the fact that there were two separate lines, one for students and non-students, which I thought was going to be a problem for me. While I'm a student at Rutgers University, I'm mostly an online student, so I never went to get my student ID. And since the email said to bring identification, I honestly thought that I'd fall short. But as soon as I got to the door, all they asked was for the text message. And the next thing you know, I was sitting next to a sea of Republicans. I was never asked to show my student ID. Now, before I go any further, I think it's appropriate to introduce Turning Point USA and Candace Owens. Turning Point USA is a nonprofit organization that promotes conservatism to college youth. One of its founding members, or one of its founders, is Charlie Kirk, a person I covered in a previous episode related to Alex Jones. I'll leave a link in the show notes below where I break down his defense for Jones in regards to his defamation lawsuit by the family members of the Sandy Hook shooting. Much of Turning Point's narrative is that the West is best and that white is right. The organization is known for spreading a bundle of conspiracy theories, including the gay invasion, climate denialism, the Great Replacement conspiracy theory, the idea that every staff member in a public school is a pedophile, that feminism is a secret plot to depopulate the world, and that every university professor in the U.S. is funded by the communist Chinese government, and that they're also pedophiles. Because why not? Candace, on the other hand, is a political commentator who works for the Daily Wire, which is owned by Ben Shapiro. Ben being an enabler of anti-Semitism, so long as it benefits the conservative movement, as illustrated in my Georgia Maloney episode, links to that episode on the show notes below. Similar to Turning Point USA, Candace also promotes a variety of conspiracy theories, from anti-vax to the transgender invasion of children. Candace Owens' role is to validate Republicans' disdain for minorities, since she herself is black and a woman. When she disregards women's issues and denies systemic racism, her followers cheer because if she's okay with it, then they should be too. I mean, Candace Owens can't be a racist because she's black. That is the conservative logic. Candace's purpose is to provide discomfort for the far right, and she does it because behind the scenes... She gets paid a significant amount to play such a character. Simply put, Turning Point USA and Candace Owens are propagandists, feeding anger and insecurities to their base, and unfortunately, they're very successful at it. When the event begins, a guy named Joe Bob goes on stage, and according to his Instagram, he's a comedian. The thing is that his comedy is just trans-shaming and a teaspoon of anti-Semitism, because if the right is going to scapegoat a billionaire... Might as well be George Soros. As the show begins, I notice that I'm sitting between two women who happen to be minorities. And at first I thought, they're probably here for the same purpose that I am, to study the far right. However, as the show progresses, and Candace Owens starts talking about how a woman's God-given purpose is to serve her man, the two young women celebrate and cheer, and I thought, oh, I'm the only progressive here. There were a few people who did identify as progressives, but... Early on into the event, they got up and left. From where I was sitting, you can hear people make fun of them, saying, look at those snowflakes. Also, the event felt like a pyramid scheme advertisement. If you had the misfortune of being tricked into a quote-unquote job opportunity by that high school friend you haven't talked to since high school graduation, you'll know that to suck you in, 
They'll make the information event into somewhat of a house party with music in the background to make you feel relaxed, not knowing you're about to be scammed $80 a month in trying to sell energy drinks with the goal of becoming a billionaire in Arizona. All they said is that I needed three friends, and I sadly fell for it. <laughs> Anyways, here's a clip from the event to give you an idea of the experience. To scare us into silence, we have to demand that they tell the truth, which they never do. They can only assume power if you assume fear. And fear is something that I have never assumed for the last. Let's get this started. Now, welcoming to the stage, Candace Owens. So when deciding what to ask Candace Owens, I had three topics of choice. Anti-vax, transgenderism, or the Fox News defamation lawsuit. I didn't go for the anti-vax because while I understand the psychology around the anti-vaccine movement, I'm not an immunologist nor a student of it. If I were to engage with Candace on her anti-vaccine rhetoric, I run the risk of going into a rabbit hole I'm unaware of and I didn't want to be tangled in all of her propaganda. In regards to transgenderism, I felt more comfortable with this topic since my clinical path did start in the realm of human sexuality. However, my understanding of the literature review was never going to penetrate the wall of disgust conservatives have for the trans community. It's similar to how I perceive a roach. I can learn the biological components of a roach, but I can never overcome my disdain for them since it's already embedded in me. I use this example to illustrate how Republicans perceive the trans community, a sentiment that Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire openly express on their program. That left me with the Fox News defamation lawsuit, and since this was a recent current event, I thought it would be extremely relevant. If you recall in my last episode, one of the observations in the right-wing ecosystem is that when it comes to Tucker Carlson and his role in influencing January 6th, no one ever mentions the text messages and emails between Fox hosts expl explicitly saying that people like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell's were nut jobs for what they were promoting and yet Tucker Carlson and others continue to push the narrative. We know this information because of the deposition from the $1.6 billion lawsuit from Dominion Voting System. And so I took this opportunity to bring this up to Candace Owens to see how she'd respond and how she tried to squirm out of my question. Now before I play the clip, there's a few dynamics that need to be addressed. The first is that this engagement was a Q&A. And that limits my interaction since I'm not really allowed to throw a follow-up question. This ends up being beneficial for Candace. The second thing is that I needed to be quick with my question since there was a line of people behind me. And so when you listen to me speak, you'll hear me speak fast, but this is due to the setup of the event. Lastly, I suffer from major social anxiety, as was evident when I interviewed Dr. Benjamin Dow. My nervousness prevents me from articulating my points clearly, so you'll hear me switch some words uh, during my interaction. This was honestly my biggest fear because I knew if Candace detected my lack of confidence, she would eat me alive with an audience of conservatives cheering her on. In many of these events, there are clips of Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk, and Candace Owens humiliating liberals. 
with titles, Conservative Destroys Woke College Student. I knew if that happened to me, there'd be no coming back. My goal was simple, to understand Candace Owens' intentionality and see if I could hold my position with the understanding of conspiracy theories I've developed over the years. So with that being said, let's see how I do in this first clip. Uh, hello, Candace. Um, first of all, um, welcome to Rutgers University and Thank welcome you. to New Jersey. Um, so I'm a graduate student. Uh, I study conspiratory ideologies and how it affects human behavior and mental you health. You study, sorry. Uh, conspiracy theories. Interesting. Right. So um, I love a good conspiracy theory. It makes your brain think. I like it. Gotta warn people about the Anunnaki, but anyway. All right, so as you can already tell, I'm very nervous with the number of ums. Now, during my introduction, I informed Candace Owens about my academic background, which I thought would inform Candace of my political ideology, but I actually don't think this informs her of anything. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone else knew where I was going with my engagement. This is actually something that I've noticed and is common even among people who listen to this podcast. Often I get people who ask me to come on to promote their wild conspiracy theory as if this was a podcast where we promote conspiracy theories rather than assess them. I think that in my intro with Candace, she also feels that I am a conspiracy theorist like her. I don't know if this is the case, but based on her reception of me, I can only wonder if this is what was going through her mind. On this next clip, I inform Candace about the challenges of studying conspiracy theories, which is determining intentionality. In this next clip, I attempt to articulate this by using the 5G conspiracy theory and those that promote it. Um, so one of the challenges in uh, understanding conspiracy theories is determining intentionality. And what do I mean by that? So during the 2020 lockdowns, there was this conspiracy theory going around that uh, 5G was causing a number of ailments. Uh, it caused coronavirus, uh, it turned into a homosexual, a transgender, wow. hell, even a communist. Whatever you were afraid of, it would turn it to you, right? <laughs> and so in this community, there, there are two types like of people. X-Men. Yeah. So in this community, there are two types of people. There are those that genuinely believe that 5G causes all these things, and there are those that don't, but will push this narrative to sell a certain item, a necklace, a sticker, whatever the case may be. In the example I just gave, I tried to explain to Candace how, in a conspiracy theory community, there are those that genuinely believe in a narrative of a conspiracy and those that do not, but will do so to sell a product or promote a political agenda. I use this example because I believe that it is the best illustration of Fox News' current predicament in regards to promoting the big lie conspiracy, even though Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Lauren Ingram are found not to believe in such concept based on the depositions. Let's see how Candace Owens addresses this point. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because um, recently Fox News was on, on the spotlight. Um, for those of who aren't aware, currently... Um, the Minion voting system is currently suing Fox News for $1.6 billion, yeah. I believe. And during the deposition, it was revealed that um, individuals like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, um, Lauren Ingram were, uh, didn't, didn't really believe in this um, you know, movement. And so my question for you is, is it of your opinion, based on the information that's been provided due to the deposition, do you think that Fox News was pushing this narrative of the big lie, which is the idea that the election was stolen, for a political... Um, so I am fortunate enough to know the Fox News hosts personally, and I know that they believe what they say. Um, the, secondly, I don't know how this relates to 5G, because I don't think that had anything to do with the Dominion voting lawsuits, 
right? I just want to make sure I didn't no, miss I, the thread here. My example was that certain um, people will promote a, a, a narrative yeah. for an agenda, for a political gain, for, no, for financial gain. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they released some text messages with Tucker. I love Tucker. He is a true fighter and believes the things that he says. Um, and Fox News responded by saying that these these text messages were taken out of context. I mean, I think that Tucker Carlson was very frustrated with Trump, and that was evidence in the end of, you know, with everything going on with January 6th. But in no way did he say, I don't believe anything that I say. Um, so, again, I have, I'm not in the weeds on the lawsuit, but I do know these people personally, and they do believe the things that they say. It's not, it's not a show or a gimmick. So that's the answer to your question. Yes, I believe them. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Guys, let's try to keep the questions short so I can get to as many people as possible. So that was my quick engagement with Candace Owens. A few things about this clip. You can't hear it, but while I was describing the big lie conspiracy theory, someone in the audience shouted that the election was stolen. And I thought this was interesting because of Candace Owens' inaction. By Candace Owens not correcting the audience member, she allows this individual to believe this narrative. She does this for one of two reasons. One, she actually believes that the election was stolen. Or two that by correcting the audience member, that she would alienate a good percentage of the people listening to her, and that's just something Candace Owens can't afford to do. This complacency for conspiracy theories within the Republican Party is different from the John McCain Republican Party that would correct misinformation from their base, like McCain did when one of his supporters accused Obama of being a secret Muslim. It's a tragic story for moderate Republicans, but the reality is that the right has become infested with conspiracy narratives. Now, rewatching my engagement with Candace, when she engages with the main premise of my argument, which is a text message from the Fox News host, she responds by informing me that she personally knows Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Lauren Ingram. And because of that, they're good people. But that's irrelevant to what I'm asking. Just because you know someone doesn't determine one's innocence. That's the same mentality of people found guilty of rape. They couldn't do such a thing. I knew them. I guess you didn't know them well enough. And while Candace acknowledges the lawsuit, she plays ignorant to the fact that the text messages and emails from the Fox News explicitly showed a, show that none of the commentators on Fox News believed the narrative that they were selling to their audience. This goes back to the 5G example of people pushing a narrative to sell a product. Tucker Carlson knew that the big lie conspiracy theory was false but his intentionality was to instigate the Trump base into feeling robbed, which would eventually lead to the events on January 6th. Now, in articulating my question, I tried to reduce as many possible plot holes that Candace Owens could have used to avoid my question. And I think when she questions the relevancy of 5G conspiracy theories to the big lie, she either genuinely didn't understand it or was using that as a way to distract the audience from the main premise of what I was asking. Honestly, I don't know, because I'm not a mind reader. But what I can speculate is that Candace Owens knows full well the predicament of what people like Tucker Carlson and his colleagues are in. Because by acknowledging the content within the text messages and emails, one comes to the conclusion that Fox News was engaging in disinformation. So to cap it all, did I get Candace Owens in a gotcha moment? No. While she answered my question, she wasn't honest with the details of the deposition. And her saying that she didn't go into details about the lawsuit is all she needed to do to escape my question. Did I break through the conservative bubble in regards to the lawsuit from Dominion? I doubt it. 
Many people in the audience applauded when Candace Owens praised Tucker, and the comment section was ridiculing me while I was engaging with Candace. And the thing is that the people that attend these events don't come to learn anything. They come to get their beliefs reinforced, because in the end, that's all that matters. That it's okay to disenfranchise minorities because a conservative black woman said it was okay to do so. The only thing that I can take from this experience was that I didn't back down, and while I couldn't get Candace to flinch, I don't think Candace dominated me in any sense of the word. You as the listener can't see this in the engagement, but for a quick second, I felt like Candace was aware of my understanding of the political and conspiratorial world. And she decided not to go down a rabbit hole knowing that I could potentially call her out on it. Again, this was simply my observation. And I base it on other YouTube videos where Candace would trap liberals into a contradiction and then share it for millions of her fans to see and show how intellectually superior she is to the left. I can feel confident that I survived such humiliation. Anyways, these were my thoughts and I hope you learned something about the intentionality of why conspiracy theories are spread. I hope you found today's episode informative. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, click on the subscribe button and leave me a 5-star review. By doing so, you help expose this podcast to people who might be interested in conspiracy theories within politics. If you're listening on any other platform, make sure to follow for more analysis on a conspiratorial mindset. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Social Chemist. If possible, share this podcast with your friends to have some interesting discussions about today's episode. For sources, you can find all the references on the show notes below. So with that being said, take care and question everything with logic.